Well, good morning. I don't know about everybody else, but I am definitely excited that it's, it's Christmas time. I've always really, really enjoyed this time of year, and uh, I think a, a lot of things from uh, how I was as a kid, I, my wife tells me all the time that I am just a ch- still just a child, and so I think my excitement that I, that I had um, from when I was a kid about Christmas has, has certainly carried over um, still to this day. I was uh, very, very fortunate growing up. Um, on Christmas Day, we never, we never really had to travel. Um, there, I think there were a few years where maybe we had to go, you know, just a couple minutes down the road to, to Grandma's house for Christmas. Uh, but for the most part, um, I always, you know, we got to wake up and on Christmas, Christmas Eve was my mom's side of the family would come over, we'd go somewhere and celebrate with them. But on Christmas Day, um, it was always just really special uh, for us because it was my dad's side of the family. It was just our our aunt and um, my grandma, who we were both very close with. They'd come over to our house, so we'd just wake up Christmas morning and spend the whole day just at home with our family all together, um, relaxing, opening presents, and it was always just really special. I, I was always I was always really excited, and I remember. I would, I would struggle to fall, to fall asleep the night before every year because I was just so excited. I remember when we were little, our, our dad used to gather us into his office after, after the family had left on, on Christmas Eve, and it was just us. He'd gather us into his office, and he'd sit in his chair, and we'd sit nearby or sit in his lap, and we'd look at his computer. He'd pull up this website where we could track Santa and see where he was at, you know, and he was... Inevitably, every year he was. By the time we went to look, he was always still somewhere over in, in Europe or you know where wherever it was. And so that was that was always the the perfect perfect segue into all right. Well, your kids gotta you know we gotta get to bed before before Santa shows up to make sure we get our presents. So of course we'd we'd hurry off to bed uh, so that we were asleep before before we got to our house. I remember uh, especially as when I was still a kid, but you know a little bit older. You know, a little bit maybe later elementary school, uh, I would I would really struggle to fall asleep. I was so excited, and I, I wanted to be asleep as fast as I can because I didn't want Santa to skip over our house because I was the one that was awake. Uh, so I you know I sat there and I, I I tried to will myself so hard to fall asleep, but I was just so excited, and I remember I just lay there in bed awake until like you know one or, or two in the morning, unable to fall asleep. So I remember a, a lot of a lot of Christmas mornings. When I wouldn't fall asleep till one or two in the morning, and then at you know early as like five in the morning or, or six in the morning, I'd wake up and you know this wasn't one of those things where I, I'd wake up Christmas morning and be like, no, I need to go back to sleep for a little while and just be able to fall back asleep. Once my eyes were open, that was it. It was you know all bets were off. It was done. I was awake. And so I you know five in the morning didn't matter. I was I was up, awake, jumped out of bed, went downstairs, and I was just so excited to see you know the tree. The tree lit up and checked to see if the cookies were all gone and, and look at our stockings and, and see the presents beneath the tree and all that, all that fun stuff. And so I, I would inevitably wait, you know, wait anxiously for the next several hours, uh, seeing as how most of the time my parent, our parents didn't really want to get up at, at 5 a.m. at the same time as us. So I would sit patiently as, as I could and, and you know, open my stocking and eat whatever candy was inside or play with whatever toys until everybody else woke up and until our, our grandma came over and all that stuff so we could get started. Naturally, as a kid, I was just very, I was very eager to open some presents. 
you know, I, I'm not sure if I was the only kid that, that was like this, but, you know, I was always very, very specific and very thorough when it came to my Christmas list for Santa. Santa was going to know exactly what I wanted. There would be, there would be no mistake. You know, Santa was going to know all the details, all the specifics. You know, I didn't just write, I, I was a big Lego kid. I loved Lego sets when I was a kid. So I didn't just write, you know, Legos on my Christmas list. No, that wasn't that, by no means was that good enough. I wrote, you know, every, wrote out every single individual, like, Lego set that I wanted. Every, you know, I had specific things I wanted, that, and I just wanted to make sure, I just wanted to make sure it was clear so that Santa didn't end up bringing me something that I, you know, I hadn't really actually wanted. So I gave all the details and it was very specific. I also always made sure to give Santa uh, plenty of options, too. I, I, never, I never quite figured out how Santa works, but I, I, you know, I figured if I, if I'd only put two things on my Christmas list, you know, Santa's probably not going to bring me two things, so why not just put, you know, I just give Santa as many options as I can think of, give him a big list, and then he can just bring as many of those as he sees fit. Now, the thing was, though, as I got a little older, you know, there were there were some toys on my list and whatnot that you know I, I really wanted a lot, and more so than some of the other things on my list. You know, I, I still wanted to provide plenty of options, but I thought, you know, these these two things, these two Lego sets or whatever it was, you know, I really want to make sure I get those. You know, those are more important than anything else. So I started to you know kind of prioritize my gifts. I had a certain few that were that were most wanted, you know, several that were like a close second that would be pretty cool, and then I had a handful at the bottom of the list that, you know, that would, you know, these would just be really cool if, you know, Santa went above and beyond this year, and I was extra good or whatever. I remember I actually developed, you know, a, a rating system for my list. I, of course, I had my, as a Christmas list, so of course I had my items numbered one, two, three, and, and so forth. But that wasn't enough, and just, uh, if the number didn't assign enough value, I just wanted to be clear, and so I gave each, of, each item numbered on my list a one to three star rating. Three, three being, of course, the most important, if, if I didn't get the three-star item, you know, that was like a, well, this is going to be a terrible Christmas kind of gift. And the one-stars were like, a, yeah, if, like, if Santa thinks I've been really good, that would be cool to have. You can throw one of those in there, too. As I got older, though, my, you know, my priorities kind of shifted around a little bit when it came to Christmas. When I got into high school and I had, you know, I had had my own job for, for a little bit and, and could set aside some money, I realized that now... I, you know, I could, and actually, you know, I wanted to, to buy my own gifts with my own actual money uh, for people in my family and for friends and whatnot. You know, this wasn't the crafts in elementary school that, you know, teachers make the kids make and bring home to their parents, which I wish we could go back to because I'd save a lot of money for sure. You know, this, this wasn't, this wasn't the, the book fair gifts where my mom and dad gave me $10 to take to the book fair at school, and I spent $5 on gifts for my entire family and $5 on random stuff for myself. You know, this was actual, my, you know, actual money from my job that I'd been able to save up a little bit or whatever it was and, and buy actual gifts for, for people. And I was, I was excited about that, and that kind of became like, all right, every Christmas I, 
I need to make sure I give myself enough time and I want to I want to buy a you know a gift for everyone with my money and that kind of became top priority. But then later after I went to college and and then I was away for a while from home and and doing an, inter, an, an internship and and then I graduated, you know, got married and I had multiple jobs while we were living in Kentucky and all all this stuff. My priorities had once again shifted. Now my top priority is just doing the best I can you know, to get home and be with my family. I, I just want to make sure I have some time to be all together with my whole family most of all. You know, our, our parents always used to say, uh, growing up, they always, they always said that, that all, having all of us together on Christmas was the best gift, and I always said that was most important. And I always, I always agreed. I certainly always agreed. And I, always, you know, I always appreciated having everyone together for what seemed like at least just, at least just one, uh, you know, magical day, and the world seemed to stop spinning, and everything was just relaxing, and we could just enjoy the time together. But I think, especially now more than ever, I, I really truly do uh, believe that and and feel that, and it's become top top priority for me just to be together as a family. You see, over, over the years, <clears throat> my priorities have, have changed when it comes to Christmas, obviously. You know, when I was a kid, it was really just all about what gifts I got. That was top priority. That was number one. That's pretty much mostly all I really, think, all I really thought about. Then eventually, it shifted and kind of in getting gifts for my family. Once I had my own money, that kind of became like the thing I was most concerned about and spent my, as priority number one. That was what I spent my most time thinking about. And then, most recently, uh, just being able to spend time with my whole family has become what's most important. Uh, and, and giving gifts and receiving gifts has, has just become a nice, that's a nice added bonus as we spend some time together, but that's not what's important. Getting gifts is obviously, that's not a bad thing, and there's nothing wrong with receiving gifts, and there's certainly nothing wrong with, with giving gifts either. Those are, are, are both good things, and spending time with family is important. It's obviously important as well. Most of us probably agree that being with family is or, or should be a top priority during the holidays. I'm sure we all have a, a, a list of things going on this holiday season. Uh, you know, we need, to, we need to buy gifts for, for the kids, get gifts for various family members or friends. We've got a Christmas party to plan, or we've got multiple Christmas parties we, we have to go to for the company or for friends, family, whatever it is. We got to set aside some time to, to go visit different family members. We still have jobs in the midst of all this, and we got to make sure our, our things at work are taken care of. Uh, maybe we'd like to get some some family photos done, or got to make sure the Christmas cards are ready. All all these things. These are all these are all by no, uh, they're all great things. They're, they're things we we love about Christmas, and there's nothing wrong with any of these things. But how many of us, if we're being honest, how many of us would say? that despite how much we love Christmas, that during the Christmas season we get pretty stressed out. Just, yeah, well, okay, I'm not the only one, that's good. It can, become, it, it, it can become very quickly hard to kind of you know, prioritize and figure out how to spend our time and energy uh, with everything that goes on in the Christmas season. And we certainly aren't the only ones who have needed some adjustments to our priorities, I'm sure, when it comes to celebrating Christmas. Even within the story of how Christmas started, the story of how Jesus was born, um, some people had some priorities that were just a little bit different from, from God's priorities for the situation. 
When we first read of Joseph and Mary and Matthew's account of Jesus' birth, we read this in Matthew 1.18. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. So at this point, Mary, Mary and Joseph are they're, they're pledged to be married. They are in this, the, the betrothal period or, or engagement period. And according to, to Jewish marriage customs, this period typically lasted, it lasted around a year or so. And during this period, the woman would typically stay in her parents' home and she would live with her family during the year. Uh, the marriage would officially uh, be consummated when the woman moved out of her parents' house and into her husband's. So even though at this point, Mary and Joseph were, were only in the engagement period. By Jewish traditions, this was still considered legally to be marriage. So this is where Mary and Joseph are, are at in life when, when Mary becomes pregnant. And so that kind of helps us to better understand what happens next in verse 19. Matthew 1.19 says, Because Joseph, her husband, was, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Now, we don't know, you know how much, if any, communication really took, took place between the two during this time period. But Joseph is told or, or made, made aware that Mary is pregnant. And that's likely, that's all the information he has, is Mary is pregnant. And based on just that information alone, Joseph is certainly fair in assuming that Mary has been unfaithful, and because according to Jewish tradition, they are legally married, it was considered adultery, and that was grounds for divorce. But it's important here to note the fact that it says Joseph was, was intentionally choosing to divorce her quietly. See, they, they were adhering to traditional Jewish customs, and at this time, Jesus, Jesus had not been born yet. He had not died so they were still operating under the Old Covenant and the Old Covenant, the laws. And so if we take a look at those laws in Deuteronomy 22, 23, and 24, this is what we read. If a man happens to meet in a town a virgin pledged to be married and he sleeps with her, you shall take both of them to the gate of that town and stone them to death. Now, based on what information Joseph had, this very well could have been, you know, what happened to Mary. He thought Mary had slept with another man, and, and based on this law, it seems that Joseph you know, could have had her stoned. Another option, though, that, that Joseph sees, though, is, is to divorce her quietly, possibly with just a certificate of divorce, as we see mentioned in, in Deuteronomy 24.1. You know, he, he clearly cares about upholding the law and following God's law, but is also making Mary's safety, making her reputation uh, important priorities. You know, despite the fact that he thought Mary had been unfaithful to him, he chose not to publicly shame her and, and possibly even let her be, be stoned. You know, he was going to make it his priority to make sure that she stayed safe, and he was making it a priority to protect Mary's reputation by doing so quietly, and his own reputation as well. I don't think any of us would, would find fault in Joseph for, for planning to do the things that he was doing. In fact, it seems that really Joseph had his priorities straight and was really going about it the right way. You know, Joseph's practical priorities were to follow, to follow God's law and to take care of Mary and his own uh, reputations. 
God had different priorities, though. In Matthew 1, 20-23, we read, But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. See, God's priority for that situation was that Joseph would care for Mary and for the baby. Joseph, Joseph is told and made aware that Mary has not been unfaithful, but will have a child conceived by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph is told not to be afraid to take Mary as his wife and to name the baby Jesus. There's no doubt, though, that surely, after, even, even after the angel came to Joseph and explained all this, that doing this, being obedient in that, is, is probably still not an easy choice for Joseph. In deciding to get married still, people would have either assumed that, you know, they got pregnant out of wedlock, or that Joseph was marrying somebody who had been unfaithful to him. And in that time period, and in their traditions, you know, either one of those scenarios would have brought a lot of shame on both of them and been very damaging to their reputations, for sure. Joseph was not wrong in what he was planning on doing. You know, he was actually prioritizing some pretty important things. But God's priorities trumped his. God's priorities were, were definitely much more important than Joseph's. Fortunately, Joseph realized this, and in verses 24 and 25 we read, When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him, and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to his son, and he gave him the name Jesus. And despite the fact that Joseph was prioritizing important things, God had different priorities for him, and when Joseph was made aware of that, he was simply obedient. In Luke's account uh, of Jesus' birth, we read about how Mary and Joseph had to travel uh, to Bethlehem while she was still pregnant due to a, a census that was being taken. And in Luke 2, 4 through 7, it says, So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in the manger, because there was no guest room available for them. Now, it doesn't say specifically, but there's no doubt that Mary and Joseph probably tried their best to be able to to get an actual room to, to stay in when it became time to give birth. Like any good parents, Mary and Joseph, I'm sure, made it a priority to find a good place to give birth to their baby. God's priority, though, was that Jesus would be born in a barn. We can all agree, I'm sure, that it is important to, to find a good place uh, to give birth to a child and for that to be a priority. God's priority trumps anything else, though, and his priority was that the king of kings was born in the most humble of places. Like I said earlier, if it wasn't clear, you know, family has has become very important to me and has been a top priority for me. Christmas has always been you know, a great time for, for family and for us, a special time of year. 
uh, these past few years, it, it's been a little bit more difficult than, than I would have preferred uh, during the Christmas season um, for us to all get together due to you know, work schedules and just the general wonderfulness of being adults. So much fun, right? But despite, despite it being, you know, maybe looking a little different than it used to, or maybe it's being a little bit shorter, maybe it's a little rushed, you know, we've always been able to make it work. And on Christmas Day, we, we're, we're together for at, least, for at least a little bit to celebrate it with all of our family all together. But this year has been, has been a bit more of a struggle. You know, I've certainly tried, tried my best to, for all of us to, to come home together on Christmas Day. And among our family, we all, we all certainly tried to do everything we can to, to, to make schedules work and to make all this stuff work together so we could be together on Christmas. And unfortunately, it soon became apparent that that didn't look like um, that was going to be an option for all of us to be together on Christmas Day. Now, this was, it was sad to me, of course. Christmas Day is special for us, but it was okay. I, kinda, I, I held out hope. That you know, even though we wouldn't all be able to get together to celebrate on Christmas Day, we'd be able to get together all together at once to, to celebrate, and that was what was important, even if it wasn't on Christmas Day. But as we began to plan and talk a little bit further, and schedules, everyone's schedules were, were complicated, and, and travel plans were complicated, it just became apparent that uh, that even that was was going to be out the window. Now, Jenna and I will be able to spend five days, five to six days or so at, at home with my family in Indiana the week before Christmas, and so I'm really excited for that, and I'm definitely grateful for that. But for the first time in 25 years that I've been alive, I won't be home on Christmas Day with all of our family together, and this Christmas season will be the first time that our whole family won't be all together uh, to celebrate for Christmas. And I'm not going to lie, it definitely breaks my heart a little bit. Now, family is a priority for me, so, so this has been difficult. Now, I think it's clear there's no arguing that God clearly values family as well and wants us to value our families. So it's not wrong by, by any means for, for us to value family time and make that a priority. But God's priorities trump ours. As much as it was my priority to make sure our whole family was together on Christmas Day, God's priority for that time this year might be different. I'm still going to be able to see my family, and I'm thankful for that. I, you know, I'll see all of my family from, from wherever, just maybe not at separate, separate time or all together. And I, I don't think anyone would fault me for, for trying to make it a priority to be with family on Christmas. You know, just like nobody would argue with, with Joseph for, for trying to protect Mary's reputation and his reputation or her safety or and nobody would argue with Mary and Joseph and say they were wrong for, for trying to make it a priority to get a room for, uh, for the birth of Jesus. You know, God knows all of these things are important, but we have to allow God's priorities to be more important than ours. God sees the bigger picture that we often don't see. While we may have plans to do something, that is, that is no doubt important. God sees the big picture. He might have something for us that he knows is more important. And this certainly doesn't mean that this is always an easy realization or easy to be obedient in that. If I had to guess, I'm sure Joseph still had some struggles after the angel told him that Mary was pregnant with Jesus. You know, he had to do something that would almost certainly ruin his reputation. And I'm guessing 
Mary and Joseph probably weren't thrilled about the prospect of giving birth to their son in a barn after trying to, to find a room and failing. And I'm not at all thrilled you know, by our, our situation and our, our family Christmas this year, but I need to be able to let God's priorities trump my own. Now that I will be here in town for, for Christmas and the time around then, God may be giving me the opportunity to be a blessing to someone here that needs it, that needs to know God's love. Whatever God's priority is for, for my situation, I want that to be mine as well. I don't want to be you know, so caught up in all these different things that I prioritize this Christmas season that I miss out on what God's priorities are. Now, I'm certainly not going to stand up here and say or suggest that we shouldn't be doing things like Christmas parties or giving gifts or, or taking time off to, to spend with family. All of these things are important and fine to make a priority. But this Christmas season, let's remember that no matter what our priorities may be, God's priorities are always more important. When we talk about that, though, when we talk about you know, allowing God's priorities to, to become our own, I think there can be sort of a, a temptation sometimes to confuse us a bit. I think what we like to do a lot of times is mistakenly think that we are making God's priorities our, our own by making church attendance a priority. I think it can be easy, it can be easy for us sometimes to, to sink into this mind, mindset of saying, yeah, I care about God's priorities, that's why I make sure I'm at church every Sunday. But allowing God's priorities to replace our own goes so far beyond just checking off the weekly church attendance box. And it is certainly important to be a part of the church and to be active in the church, absolutely. But if we say, yes, this Christmas season, I really want to change my priorities to reflect the will of God, and then we think we are accomplishing that simply by deciding just to attend church every Sunday this month and maybe even throwing in the Christmas Eve service too, that's not what we're talking about. Again, don't think I'm by any means saying that church is not important or that these things aren't important. They certainly are. But God cares much more about us showing other people his love than us just simply filling a seat Sunday morning. You know, this is a, a unique time of year when people often tend to be more open to hearing about Jesus and more, they're more willing to give, they're more willing to, to help others. You know, many hearts are softened during this time of year. But also, like we talked about last week, there are a lot of people who are hurting this time of year, a lot of people who are in need as well. In the midst of you know, all these things we have going on during a busy Christmas season, we need to be open to letting God shift our priorities around. You know, we can't be so caught up in our jobs that we neglect our families or, or so caught up in, in buying Christmas gifts that we that we miss an opportunity that God has given us to meet a need, or so caught up in, in preparing for our, our Christmas party that we're too busy to talk to somebody who is hurting. Now, this doesn't, doesn't mean that we need to give any of these things up necessarily. I think a lot of times it may just mean making some adjustments. Just this last week, uh, it happened to me. Last week was, was certainly a very busy week. We had, we had a lot going on. And it was all, all good things, all things to be excited about for sure. But in the midst of all that, I was trying to finish up this sermon, trying to finish writing this. And so Thursday, Thursday afternoon rolled around, 
I wasn't quite where I wanted to be. Really all week I, I felt behind on writing it and wasn't quite where I wanted to be. And this Thursday afternoon still wasn't finished. I wanted to get done and I wasn't where I, I wanted to be. And normally on Thursday afternoon at three o'clock, Craig and I go over to the kids club and we, we mentor some, some kids there um, who could certainly certainly use some love. And I really, I really liked that time. And I really didn't want to miss it, but it had been such a busy week I was still not even finished writing this yet, and so I, I kind of, kind of sat there and uh, I wrestled with it for a few minutes. It was two thirty at that point, half an hour till I needed to be at the kids club, and I sat there and kind of just wrestled with it for a little bit. I was like, I need to get this done. I'm not done. Right. I'm not where I need to be. Mm. So I, I texted Craig after a couple minutes and I said, I said, yeah, I'm not gonna be able to make it to the kids club today. And it took about. Two minutes after sending that text for, for the irony of the, of the situation to kind of sink in. Now here I was I, was, I was writing this sermon, a sermon about letting God's priorities become more important than our own. And yet there I was, deciding to stay at the church to work on this instead of going to the kids' club to, to spend some time with some kids who could certainly use some love. So literally just two minutes after I texted Craig, I, I texted him again and said, never mind, I lied, I'm, I'm coming. <laughs> you know, now, I certainly think we, we'd probably all, all agree that me finishing writing this is important. It'd be kind of awkward if I got up here and only had half of a sermon written. I can assure you I'm not very good at, at winging it. So hopefully, well, I always make that a priority to, to work on my sermon, and I guess you all would hope that too, and agree that that should be a priority. But God has given me this opportunity to spend just an hour a week with some kids who've had a pretty rough life, and his priority is for them to know his love and to eventually come to have a relationship with him. You know, I, I, was able, I was able to come back later and finish this up, obviously. Yeah, sure, I got done writing this a little bit later than I, I would have preferred. But spending time with those kids was God's priority over me finishing writing my sermon in my own timing. And again, I'm not going to, to say that we have to cancel Christmas parties or we shouldn't spend any money on getting gifts for loved ones or anything like that. But in the midst of all these things that we do this Christmas season, in the midst of all that, how can we make sure that God's priorities are, are trumping our own? It doesn't mean that we decide to go to church every Sunday in December and that all other areas of our life just remain unchanged. You know, it looks different for all of us, I, I think. Maybe it means inviting that coworker who you know is going through a hard time to your, your Christmas party or whatever it is. Maybe it just means arranging a gift basket for your neighbor who you know might be struggling. Maybe it means at your office company Christmas party that you invite some, some coworkers to come to church with you to be a part of the family. And whatever our priorities are this Christmas season, let's allow God to come in and change our priorities to match his. And maybe, maybe this morning for some of you, You've never, you've never accepted Christ, and that's the first step in doing so, is to, to accept Christ as Lord and Savior. And if, if, you, if you're in that boat today, you know, we'd love to invite you to come forward as we stand and sing and, and to talk about that. 
Or, or maybe there's been some, you've done that, but there's been some, some distance between you and God, and you'd like, to, you'd like a fresh start, you'd like to start over, and we'd certainly invite you to come forward and, and talk about that as well. Or maybe you've been, coming and you just, you've been coming here for a while, and you feel comfortable, and you just really like to make New Life your, uh, your official home to be part of the family, and we'd certainly invite you as well to come forward to talk about that now or really anytime. So would you stand and sing with us? <laughs>